0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I apologize in advance for my voice right now. I have my retainer in. Fell asleep without putting my retainer in last night. And and I didn't wear it for like most of the day. I just forgot about it. And then I finally put it on sometime this afternoon. And this thing is tight. I was like, oh, my God, are my teeth shifting that quickly? Apparently, because I just got my braces off, like my teeth are not set in their new position. So it's imperative that I wear this retainer like 22 hours a day. Which I have a lisp. Can you hear it? I don't like it at all. But here we are nonetheless. I've had a very productive week. My friend John Murray, our friend. You met John. He's come on the show. Two times, three times. I love John Murray, but he's in LA for the week. So I met up with him, I guess on Wednesday, and we went and had lunch at the Ivy in West Hollywood. It's one of those like CNBC kind of places. It's really known for like a lot of celebrity sightings. Um, but turns out that the food is actually good. I usually eat, there's a little restaurant across the way. It used to be called the News Cafe. I can't remember the name of it now, but sometimes I eat over there because the Ivy's always like really, really busy. And that place has good food, too. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I haven't been there in a while. They were closed, like completely closed, like no takeout, nothing for the whole pandemic. I haven't been back to a lot of my favorite spots. Um, But I went to the Ivy and it was really good. We had the lobster cob salads with um, rosé sangria, which was delightful. A little midday treat. And then we went and did some shopping afterward. I was trying to find a dress to wear to this Ebony 100 gala on Saturday. I hadn't planned to go. I didn't get an invite until Wednesday morning. And I emailed the editor-in-chief. They used to work with her at Essence like a million years ago. And I was like, hey, um, I didn't get an invite. Like, is 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 there one forthcoming? or Because I did want to go to the gala, but I you know, I had no intentions of going without an invite. I don't have a problem crashing a party. I don't tend to do that in L.A., though. L.A. is a, is a different kind of door than New York. And in New York, like, I still know everyone. In L.A., not so much. But I am, I'm not above trying to crash a party. But a sit-down dinner, I was like, nah, that's doing the most. We have a term for people who crash sit-down dinners in D.C., There are people who do that almost as a profession, like that's how they eat dinner. Because there's a gala or a ball or a reception or a something every single night in D.C. I had no plans to go and I was like, but I did want to go. So I was like, let me reach out and ask. And before I could even get a response about that, um, one of my friends who I missed last time she was in L.A., she was here a couple of weeks ago when I was in New York. So I reached out and I was like, Oh, I can't believe you were in my city. And I missed you. And she was like, Oh, I'll be back for like the Ebony thing. I was Like, will you be there? And I was like, I mean, I hope she followed up because she was pre- preparing to um, fly in town for the event on Saturday. And so she was like, Hey, am I going to see you with the ball? And I was like, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think so. And so she was like, Oh my God, absolutely not. She's like, you can come and sit at my table. I have Melinda Williams, I have Niecy Nash, like the CMO of the company will be there. Like, this will be very, very good for you. You have to come. And I was like, girl, I have no gown. I have no shoes. I have no nails. I have no hair. I have no makeup appointment. Like, I I can't pull this off. And so she was like, you're going and I'm sending a card. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. So shout out to the good folks at Cadillac who, who did make sure that I, I had a, at least a ticket and a ride. Cadillac is my fairy godparent for this event. So thank you very much to Cadillac. But I sent the email to the EIC and she responded like in the middle of the night. And she was like, oh no. She was like, you're definitely invited with a plus one. She was like, I don't know what happened, but you were 110% invited to the event. And then the event director followed up as well. And so she was like, of course you're invited. And she was like, and just FYI, see below. I'm forwarding the email that we sent with the invite attached. Like you were 110% definitely invited. Like there's a mix up in communication. Like, but you were invited. Just crossing T's, dotting I's, just see below. See below, I did see that they had sent an invite. It just didn't land in my inbox. I don't know what happened. Yeah, so I tried to run around Wednesday with John um, since we were already like right there by Beverly Hills. So we went to Neiman's and we went to Saks. And then we parted ways and I went to Century City to see Bloomies and nothing, absolutely nothing. So I'm not really sure what I'm wearing to this event. I'm just going to pull something out of the closet. I'm a DMV girl. So, you know, I keep a cocktail dress and clutch. I don't have a gown, though. In general, I don't wear gowns because I'm short. I just never find the right proportions, even with tailoring and all that. I look much better um, in a dress that hits at the knee. So. I'll figure it out like nothing I saw when I was shopping to me at least was cuter than what I had in the closet and I was like well I ain't gonna just wear something new just to say it's new but it ain't cute enough so we'll shop the closet luckily my makeup artist was able to squeeze me in early in the morning so I'll be in full beat but that's okay I have a couple events on Saturday anyway I got a nail appointment in the morning, we're going to try something new. I stopped wearing white nails, which I did for like 10 years. And I moved to pale pink, but I'm going to try to do something different tomorrow just for, you know, the special occasion of um, of being on this Ebony 100 list as a breakthrough creator. And I share this category with like really good people. Like my fave, we talked about my fave many times. Amisha Green, the creator and writer for Lovecraft Country. She's also in this breakthrough creator category. Um Brandis from um what's Brandis's last name? I just call her Brandis, my bad. From Harlem Fashion Row. Oh, my favorite stylist is here. Um, Law Roach. Luxury Law on Instagram. He's one of my favorite stylists. He does a lot of Zendaya. He be dressing the hell out of that girl. But he also dabbles. He does Carrie. I believe he does Tiffany Haddish as well. She's been looking really, really good. I think we talked about how good she's been looking lately. He dressed her for her Venice looks. Oh, if you didn't see Tiffany Hattis when she was in Venice, go on her Instagram page. She looked absolutely beautiful. Very exciting. I'm very honored and I'm happy to attend this event on Saturday. I just don't know what I'm going to look like. There's also an event on Friday, tomorrow night. I don't know what I'm wearing to that either. We'll see. I couldn't even find shoes in L.A. I seriously debated, and I know it's going to sound like crazy. I seriously debated getting on a plane and flying to New York. More than one reason, but flying to New York to go shopping for the day so I could actually, like, get stuff. I don't know. Maybe I just don't know the right places to, like, go buy shoes and buy dresses here. But I know New York. I could just run up in a sacks and find what I need. Not the case here. I was very disappointed with the in-store selection. I really want these gold Sophia Webster stilettos with the butterfly in the back so there's one that has like a dainty butterfly and there's one that has like more of like a fabricy butterfly but it's a very very detailed and I want those and they had one pair at the Bloomingdale's in Century City in like a size six and I was like bruh and the rest of them are sold out until January 2022 and I was like I, oh so I'll be shopping the closet I don't have all my clothes with me on the west coast but I have like enough so hopefully I can pull something off and with my COVID weight I'm not at my smallest right now I'm actually heavier um than I usually am so we'll see what I can squeeze into I got enough corsets and spanks and we, sh- we should be able to pull something off pull something together a look of some sort so we shall see what else is going on I think I've done nothing but like watch tv which is basically what this episode is about to be about There's no like juicy news this week. I don't feel like talking about shit that I really don't care about when what I really want to talk about is like my favorite shows. Oh, two updates from last week. You remember we talked about Kyrie Irving and how he was missing out on 18 million dollars by refusing to get the COVID vaccine. I talked about how stupid he was. Two listeners wrote in and they were like, girl, you just scratched the surface on how dumb this Negro is. And I said, really? He's dumber even than what I thought. And they were like, yeah, girl, dumber. It was brought to my attention and thank you very much for writing in. I told y'all don't write in with no petty shit, but if you have intel to share, I'm happy to hear. But they both shared with me and they were like, yeah, so Kyrie Irving was up for a contract extension with the Brooklyn Nets. Like up until now, they were they were happy with him. And I said, oh really? And they were like, yeah, so the contract extension is off the table because the owners are pissed with him about this vaccine situation. I said, well, how much more?" Is he set to lose by refusing to get vaccinated for a, there was an offer on the table. This is the contract extension for 186 million USD dollars and dineros. 100 plus 80 plus six USD dollars and dineros plus the 18 million. So we're over 200 million right now. That's how much money this dumb Negro is leaving on the table on the GP of not wanting to get vaccinated. I want to do my own research. You can't tell me what to do. You can't force me. For 186 million, you could tell me what the fuck to do. Last week, I said 18 million. I shoot heroin two times. 186 million. I smoke crap. I would smoke crack. I would enjoy crack. You need me to do it twice, like one month apart and then go get a booster of crack? Want me to lace the crack with something? 186 million? Yeah, I'll get high and then I'll go to rehab. I'll be all right. Any ailments that come about as a result of my smoking crack, I have money to pay someone to fix me. Sir, sir, somebody in the comments the other day, we were talking about Kyrie Irving. They said, ain't no way in hell he got a wife. Cause wouldn't no wife allow her husband to leave 18 million on the table, but definitely not 186 million. Nigga. He did just have a baby with the young lady, but but a wife and a a mother child are not always one and the same. She don't have the same pull as a wife does, unfortunately. Somebody need to tell him. His grandmama must not be alive. I was like, does this man not have a mama? A grandmama? Cause he's I know they both black, but I was like, are they are they deceased? And I'm not being funny. I'm genuinely not. I can't see no black man with a with a living black mother and a living black grandmother who would allow him to do this dumb shit. Somebody would call you and be like, nigga, stop. Go get your money. 18 mil was bad enough. 186? You see how I went from calling him a Negro to a nigga. I can't believe he doing this shit. He gonna look back at himself when he old and be like, what, what was I thinking? And he better not go broke either. I swear for God, he better not spend the money that he does have. I know he has some millions now. I don't ever want to see this man on 30 for 30 ESPN talking about his financial woes. Not after you left 186 million plus 18 million on the table on GP on I need to do my own research. You can't force me. Tell me what to do for 186 million. You better jump when they say jump. It's the job. Damn it. I just, I just, I don't understand. I got principles too. I don't want people to think I'm just a whore for money. I do have principles, but you know, for 186 million, I can compromise. them. This is just stupid. Just to be disagreeable. I think we talked about this. I mean, I keep mentioning it the other day. It comes up in my personal conversation. So I thought I might've said it on here. I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, some people's love language is just chaos and confusion. That's how they feel good about themselves. That is how they feel that they are at their highest functioning selves. In the middle of chaos and confusion. That's just how they operate in the world. And that seems to be like how he operates. Between this and the flat earth. At least the flat earth shit wasn't costing him 200 million. I just, I can't believe he's doing this shit. What was the other thing I wanted to, oh, Eddie Winslow. Last week we talked about Eddie Winslow. We talked about the young lady that he was in a photo shoot with. That he was all booed up with. She was she's a transgender woman. Let me look up her name. Sydney Star. That's her name. But the video of them with the photo shoot, we talked about that. Um, She posted it. It went viral. Some very ignorant people had a lot of things to say about uh, Darius McCrary. That's his real name. Eddie Winslow was the character he played on TV. But people had a lot of things, negative things to say about Mr. McCrary expressing affection or being interested in or, or dating a transgender woman. So he went and did this video with his mama and said that um, that he wasn't dating the woman and they were just friends, totally denied. Meanwhile, the young lady was running around telling people that they'd been dating since February. So once he denied it, she went and dropped the receipts. So she had just showed the part of the photo shoot first when they were actually taking pictures And they were all like cuddled up like a couple. And then she, she released pictures of her backing it up on him and him enthusiastically thrusting upon her voluptuous bottom, which I was like, yo, y'all need to get a room. I've done many a photo shoot. This isn't how we operate, but okay. You know, different strokes for different folks. But then she released some video, which I was like, who took this video? But she released some video of like, he was all up on her, tonguing her down Like, he was the aggressor. He wanted everything that she had to offer. Like, he was all up on into her. I told y'all from just what I saw from the photo shoot last week. And his version of the story is like, oh, I just did this photo shoot with my friend. And I'm all up on her. And I'm like, yeah, that don't really make sense. And then, like, the back it up video, I was like, yeah, y'all are clearly more than friends. But He wanted to double down on it. So, you know, she released the video that she released. And I do hope she's done with him, though. I mean, I thought they were a cute enough couple. but. Everybody deserves to be with someone who at the very least will claim them or not deny them. If you want to keep your business private, you don't want to talk about your shit, like I get it. But you know, that video very well could have come out and he very well could have just absolutely said nothing. And the story would have faded away. But at the point that, you know, he went and got his mama involved to deny you. Oh, girl, have you seen your ass? Have you seen your titties? You could do better than that. You could find a nice man who will claim you properly and be proud. And be like, oh, you're dating a trans woman. Yep, I am. She's a cute girl. She'll be all right. Yeah? Mm -hmm. When we speak of his name, we refer to him by his character. And then we reference a show from the 90s. Okay. Moving along. I've been watching like really, really good TV right now. There's like remarkable television going on at this moment. I actually actively try to limit my TV time. And I've been unable because there's so much good television happening at the moment. And I feel like we haven't had like a real episode. We just talk like purely TV and pop culture in a while. So that's what we're going to do today. I don't know where to start. My favorite show, which I generally think is the best show on television, is Succession on HBO. It just came back after a two-year hiatus. I know you don't want to add another show to your lineup because I don't want to add one either, but it's worth it. It's dysfunctional, super wealthy, like billionaire status, white people vying for the takeover of the family company. So it's very King Lear. There's four kids, three of them want to take over the company and they fight each other and the father in order to do that it's madness it's one of the best written shows on tv like the one-liners on that show are epic so it just came back last sunday i had to hook up my vpn you know sometimes i do the ads for express vpn i use it not for any of the reasons i mentioned in the ad but i'm on the west coast and everything airs on the east coast before we get it here so i set up my express vpn on all my devices so that i can watch tv on east coast time is that serious especially for succession. And I have no idea what's about to happen. This is kind of a spoiler, but if you start watching the show, it'll give nothing away because literally this has happened every season of the show, at least twice per season, is one of the sons tries to take over the father's company. And this is his best attempt yet. However, the son, Kendall Roy, who I adore, even though he's got a million freaking problems, I think he means well somewhere deep inside He's self-destructive, like, he can't help but fuck shit up. Now he's made his strongest attempt yet to knock his father out of the CEO position and take over the company. And he should, because his father's a dick. However, he's gonna fuck it up. It's just a matter of figuring out, like, how. But Succession, like, it's it's so good, it's so rich, it's so, like, obnoxiously wealthy. And it's based, I read, on Rupert Murdoch at Fox. There's another couple people it's based on too, but Murdoch is always the one that comes up. So if you are not watching Succession, I highly recommend that you begin watching Succession. It's so good. It's so good. I watched Ready to Love on OWN. I've never watched a season before. Ready to Love this season is based in D.C. If you're not familiar with the show, 10 men, 10 women. It's everybody usually over over 30 or in their 40s it's a very adult show usually dating competition shows are about a bunch of people who are in their 20s which you know there's a time and a place for and yes good but that's just not of much interest to me but these folks are like good and grown a lot of them are divorced some of them have children they've had some like life experience and so they're trying to like find love so I never paid attention to it before so I watched the first two episodes of that I was uh, I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting the guys to be cuter. DC doesn't have a lot of tall men. DC guys kind of like top out at like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, but they do have very attractive men. And maybe I'm biased because I'm from home. But even still, like if I'm biased because I'm from home and I'm looking at a bunch of guys from home, I would be like, I should like find them attractive, right? I didn't find most of the guys attractive. Like out of the 10 guys, like... I don't know one definite, but really kind of like two and a possible. I know a guy who's on the show. He hasn't quite appeared yet. There's a twist coming, which they alluded to like in the ads. So if you've seen the ads for the show and they talk about like a new guy and a new girl come in like a couple episodes in, they show the guy's abs. The guy with those abs is my friend. He's had inside commentary on the show, which for obvious reasons I cannot share. I'll see if he'll come on the show and talk to me about his experience on the show. I gotta wait till at least his first episode airs though. So if um, not until... Oh, I can't give that date away either. My bad. The girls were cute. There's one plush size girl. I thought she was absolutely adorable. And I guess at like the end of every episode, they vote one person off. And so... For the first episode, it went down to like two women. And one was the plush-sized girl who I thought did fine. I thought she looked cute. I thought she was fine and like the way she was engaging with people. And then like a woman who had been married for 20 years and was recently divorced. I mean, she's new to the dating scene again. Like a lot has changed in the last 20 years. Maybe she was a little awkward, but like there was nothing that like raised a red flag for me. But those two names came up as like the ones who should leave, and they voted off um, the woman who had been married for twenty years. And but I was really trying to figure out like why did what was with like the plush size girl? And I only say that because I don't remember their names. But I was like I just identify her as the plush size woman, and I'm saying plush just for clarity instead of plus. But plush, I don't I don't feel like she did anything wrong. I was like why did the guys like vote for her to leave? Like is it because she's plush size? And they didn't say, that was a weird part about the show for me. It was like, okay, like if you're going to vote somebody off, like that's fine. But like, say why you're voting them off. You were aggressive or, you know, you were an asshole or, you know, you did this thing. With the guys, it was kind of obvious what they did. Like the two guys that were down in the final two, there was one guy who was like literally asking out every other woman, even without like, having a connection with them or getting to know them and he was very clear and he was like my approach is just real cut and paste like I just need to like you know get to like a first date and see where it goes from there um and the women were very turned off by that for obvious reasons and then like the other guy he started doing like erotic poetry at one point and I was like bruh like you you just doing the most and then also when he was introducing himself like you know the overall like meet the cast or whatever he was like yeah like I haven't been in a relationship in like eight years and I had some problems and you know but the t- but time has passed and I was like okay time has passed but have you done any self-work sir tell me about your self-work I really thought that the guy who was like cut and paste because he was really obnoxious was the one that was going to get sent home. But I think the producers decided to keep him. But the other guy, like he got sent home and I was like, well, you was probably going to go next week anyway. Like, all right, you just went, you just went a week early. I didn't really see him like going the distance. So, womp womp. But overall, like it's a good show. Um, I'm interested enough to watch three episodes. I said I was going to review it on my social media pages. I actually really just want to support the show because light and healthy obsession with Will Packer. And also cause it's in DC. So I want it to succeed. So I want the show to succeed. I want more things to be set in DC. DC doesn't have the, um, the, um, the initiatives to shoot that say like in Atlanta does. That's why everything gets shot in Atlanta. Cause it's so cheap. Um, but I was like, DC has like good energy and good culture and, Slowly but surely, there's more content that's being shot there. But, like, you know, I want to put my city on. So what else have I been watching? I tried to watch Squid Game, which I really want to watch. Because, like, everyone and their mother keeps talking about it. And I feel like I'm missing out on cultural references. Like, I keep seeing this giant woman. I think it's part of, like, the red light, green light game. I know bits and pieces about the show, even though I haven't seen it. But I keep seeing this giant woman... And these memes of like these people in green dancing as she keeps turning back around. And like, I wanna get it, but I don't have time to watch the show to get it. I don't know. It's not gonna be this weekend. So maybe next week sometime, I can get like a good binge day to get like Squid Game out the way. Cause I really wanna know. Like, it's a cultural phenomenon. They talked about it on Saturday Night Live. And I was like, huh, what? I don't understand. And I want to understand. Actually, I'm probably not going to be able to do it next week either. I'm like deep in writing mode right now. My lawyer had to come to Jesus with me and was like, write these damn proposals. She needs me to write the proposals and get them to the agent. So once the proposals are done and are out to be shot, at least then I can start on the treatment. Because the books need matching either TV shows or films. So then I'll have time to like, you know do bullshit, like binge an entire series in a day or so. Damn it. So eventually i watch Squid Games. Everything else I'll do one by one. What else did I watch? The Bachelorette? Eh. I think I do this every season though. I only watch The Bachelorette when it's black people or half black people. Like, it started with Rachel, who had two black parents, like, a couple years ago. And I think when I was watching that, like, I think I complained the whole time, too. But I really liked Rachel, so it was more tolerable. Matt, from last season, I recapped that whole thing on social media. It was entertaining enough, but then, like, he picked the racist, and he was weird. But the girl that Matt didn't pick for his season is now having her own season I called her Hot Air Balloon at the time because that's the big date. That's the first big date that she and Matt went on. But her name is actually Michelle and she's 28, I think. And she's a teacher from Minnesota. She's cute. She has a good personality. I liked her very much when she was a contestant on Matt's season. I like her still as the bachelorette, but I feel like they set old girl up. This is a largely unattractive cast of men. What does she have, like, 30 guys? And I want to say, like, at best, three in a possible. Three in a possible isn't even good for a hand of spades, much less, like, you know, options on a dating show. A lot of biracial guys, and nothing against biracial guys, but I think sometimes there's an assumption that, like, oh, people are mixed, so they must be attractive. It's possible. It's also, you know, not guaranteed, as some of the members of this cast do prove. I'm trying to be nice. I don't want to call anybody ugly. They're not ugly. They're just not, you know. I remember once when I was working at Essence, I used to have this, um, this column or this page, rather, called What Men Think. So we would ask men, like, random questions, and they would answer. And we put their pictures in the magazine along with, you know, like a quote from the man and their, like, age, name, occupation, location, something like that. We would get really good answers. But the ones who always ran in the magazine were the cute ones. And I remember arguing for this guy. This is like probably like my first month on the job. Like I was really fighting for this guy because his answer was so good. And my boss said to me, and she was like, No one cares about the opinions of ugly men. (laughs) Which sounds harsh, right? Magazines, television, it's a visual medium. Like you like the words, that's important, but you also like the visuals. The visuals are what make you stop and read the words unattractive men don't make women stop and stare not for the right reasons a dating competition show yeah the guys need to be cute but i'm not really into this season but i feel like i do this every year with the bachelor i don't really think i like the show i really think i hate watch the bachelor just because i want to like support the black people but this time because i actually have shit to do right now i've drawn a line in the sand i was like i'll do three episodes of michelle and I'll see if they take her on like really good dates or really like elaborate setups because they're still shooting in quarantine. So they don't, they're not doing like the big wide scopey type of things that they used to do before. That's why I liked The Bachelor originally for Rachel's season. That's it. That's why I liked it because Rachel's season was pre-pandemic. They weren't in quarantine and they were just doing over the top elaborate shit, all sorts of locations like the budget was spent. On the last one, the last Bachelor, like, you can see where they were, like, you know, tipping around with the budget. Like, they'd show up in elaborate cars, but, like, the dates just weren't, like, as grand as they could have been. I like to see a good budget well spent. We'll see what this season of The Bachelorette has to offer. But three episodes, I think that's all I can take. What else am I watching? Queens! Queens! I did not expect to, like... Queens and I think I talked about it last episode and I was like oh I'm gonna tune in and see what it is and I'm really excited about Eve and I'm really excited about Natori. but I specifically mentioned and I'm mentioning it again for a reason I specifically mentioned I was like you know I'm not like the biggest Brandy fan we'll see how it goes but yeah I've watched Queens I think I probably watched that first episode maybe four times I just like randomly put it on in the background when I'm doing other things because I just like it. I like the cadence of it. I like the flow of it. I really, 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 really like it. Dare I say of all the new shows this season that I've been watching, because BMF was like probably like high ranking on my list. We've talked about how obsessed I am with BMF. We did, right? But I think Queens just not BMF out is like my favorite new show. And I'm obsessed with BMF. I remember when I said I liked it. People were like, the acting is terrible, Demetrius. It's terrible. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I love it. I love looking at black people in Detroit with their, like, furs and their, like, big-ass glasses. Are those gazelles? And Brattails. And they say, what up, though, every five seconds. Like, I love it. 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 But Queens? Maybe it's just giving me, like, nostalgia vibes. Like, circa 2000, I feel is like some of the best music ever. And Lord knows I love Eve. And I like Brandy's music, even though Brandy's more 90's and 2000s, but still. But Brandy, Brandy is killing this role. She is. And like Brandy is like this like hardcore rapper who like wears Tims and like doesn't just rap, but like spit. Like people are like, "I feel like Brandy's like, you know doing too much. like she's, she's not embodying what the role is supposed to be. And I was like, no, she's supposed to do too much. Like, look at the ad. Everyone else has on stilettos and is real cute brandy is in timbs brandy is supposed to be a hardcore rapper and it works so so well because brandy in real life is anything but brandy in real life is y'all watch that versus the same versus i did y'all saw who brandy was brandy is brandy is brandy she's killing it on queens though like i was like oh my god i i might have to fuck around and be a fan of brandy again I always liked their music. I always liked their acting. But she's going to make me like her again because of Queens, which I'm not bad at. Because she's, she's doing an amazing job. I like Eve. I like Natura. I actually like them all. I've actually seen a lot of people complaining about the Latina. And they were like, one of these does not belong. She is the weak link. She doesn't bother me. I feel like it's the first episode. It's a pilot. Pilots are very hard. I feel like it'll mesh. It'll gel. It'll come together. I like it. I like the whole premise of it. I love that it's about women in their 40s. And I love that it's showing them in their 20s. Like, you know, Eve is pro- was professor sex. And now she's like a married mother of five to Ron Rico, who I was like, sir, I need you to pick a role where you're not cheating on your wife named Bree, Because isn't his wife on, um, what's that show? What's that show on BET Plus? First Wives Club. He cheated on that wife. And her name is Brie too, isn't it? I was like, Ron Rico, I need you to pick a, pick a role where you are not a cheating husband. He's good at the roles. I'm not, I'm not mad at the acting, but I was like, sir, I hope this doesn't cross over into real life. Cause you play these roles very, very well. I'm just saying, I'd be concerned if I was dating Ron Rico, but it's so good. And the writing is so good. There was this one scene I had to stop and like recap the scene on my Instagram because I just wanted to like preserve it. And I was like, "Are, are people watching what I'm watching? Are you hearing what I'm hearing? It was this couple, Brandy and a guy she had once dated and they run into each other at a bar. He's trying to get the band back together. He used to be the manager. And she asked him, she says, why did you do all this? And he responds, I'm getting older, married twice, divorced twice, no kids. Here's the good part, rich, but broke. Nothing's all good or all bad anymore. Nothing's pure. It's just life. And I was like, Jesus Christ, if that don't sum up living at 40. Like I remember being so self-righteous about so many things. Like everything was so black and white when I was like in my 20s and some of my 30s too. And some things can be very black and white. Like I say things like interested men act interested and that actually is pretty black and white. But also I just find like a lot of life just is a a bit of it depends and gray and taking in perspectives and some things that seemed like, you know, I don't know, very right and very wrong just don't really seem such anymore. It's just like, yeah, it all depends. It all depends. Like I wouldn't smoke crack for a thousand dollars. I wouldn't smoke crack for a million. 186 million? It's a gray area. It's a gray area. It's a gray area. Gotta hear both sides. Gotta hear both sides. I love the writing on the show. I love the idea of the show. I'm kind of shocked that it's on ABC. This strikes me as something that would be more cable-y than network. And I'm not mad it's on network because I want everybody to get their check and I want them to have a good wide audience. I hope it gets good numbers because I do want to see more of this show. Like, I really enjoyed it. Again, I watched the pilot like a good four times. And I was like, oh, this is really well done. It's smart. I love Lil Muffin, who clearly is like some Nicki Cardi hybrid. It's just good. And it just like it takes me back to like the heyday of like women in hip-hop. Watching this show, it's just sort of reminded me. It's like I can't remember a big hip-hop girl group. Definitely not like in the 90s. Like the only one that really pops in my head is like J.J. Fad. Supersonic. I'm sure there are others. But like nothing like on this level where it's like this girl super group. It's like they were definitely like collaborations of like different artists that came together to do like one big song. But no like definitive group. I'm, I'm honestly like racking my brain. And I can't think of anyone. But this looks like a really fun show. And the writing is really good. And the pilot. And pilots are notoriously hard to land. Is really, 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 really good. So I'm excited about this show. I really wanted to get its numbers. Because I think it's going to go good places. What are you watching on TV? Come in my DMs and tell me. Not that I have a whole bunch of free time, but please share with me. Let me know what you're watching. If there's something that's really, really good that you really, really think that I should be watching as well, let me know so I can check it out. All right, so that is the episode for this week. We'll be back next week. I'll have an update for you on the Ebony 100, the shenanigans that will take place this weekend. Like I have at least like four events that all require me to be some form of extra cute. You know, this is a lot for me. I will, I will totally not leave the house like all of next week. I have to take time to decompress after I do a lot of humaning. A lot of people don't get it. And I'm just like, hey, you don't have to, but I enjoy copious amounts of time to myself. I prefer it that way. All right. Let me go get this edited and get it in. Not on time, but kind of, sort of, maybe something akin to not the end of Friday. And I got to get it done before I got like my nails and my hair and some other stuff I got to take care of in the morning. All right. Talk soon. Next week. And we'll see what shenanigans that the blacks get into over the weekend. All right, y'all. Bye.